You know, I took personal offense. I took a personal offense from you when I was talking. You told me to mute. <laughs> I'm like, wait, I'm the one talking, Thomas. Hello there. You're listening to the PHP Ugly Podcast, episode 27, recorded Thursday, September 8th, 2016. In this episode of PHP Ugly, Thomas and Eric talk about Pyro CMS's 3.1 quick adoption of the Laravel 5.3 code base. Thomas shares with us more on his plans to move to Colorado Springs. We discuss the future of San Diego PHP North County's user group, and we discuss our co-host John Congdon's latest publication, PHP Arc. And there's a lot more. So let's get started. Hey, Tom. Hey, Eric. How's it going? It's going well. We are here. Another ugly night. Another. We're here by ourselves tonight. Yeah. It just gets uglier and uglier, doesn't it? I know. You know, John, John's got the new kid, and uh, he thought he was back on track, but just when they th- you think you're back on track, those kids knock you back down. Yeah, it's, it's amazing there ability to do the fakie on you say oh no I'm, I'm sleeping we're good hey 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 ah yeah it's yeah got about another 18 years of that he'll be fine if he's lucky <laughs> how have you been not too bad i've been uh doing the other the other show lara cast live with you lara chat lara, live i'm sorry yes. lara chat lara <laughs> chat live you got you got to promote the guys correctly, man. They're nice enough to let us drop our names uh, fairly frequently on their shows. Yes, so. they're they're foolish it, enough. They're they're letting us tarnish their brand. I know, and uh, you know I'm okay with it. <laughs> I was happy to be invited back. I, I told I was telling uh, Sean, and I have a I have a great time. I mean, I'm I just enjoy talking about this stuff, even though I have absolutely no idea what i'm saying half the time so oh, you've, you've it works fooled out him. well yeah that's it we fooled him for another week we'll see if we get invited back for a third show so what have you been up to oh man you know just your typical stuff i think you know my big little pet project this past weekend i i just i don't know why but for some reason i just i had decided that i was going to spin up a company blog this weekend and uh, not that we have anything to post. As a matter of fact, the the thing that began it was I had committed to writing that post for Adam, IO, and PHP developers. Mm-hmm. And I was decided I had decided that I didn't want to put it on my personal blog. My personal blog, I'm I'm kind of done with. I want to just archive it at this point. Well, we had talked about using like the SDPHP blog as a sort of a public space. At some point. Yeah. I, I thought it was time for the DAO dev branch to, to get a blog going. So I, I spent some time this weekend doing that. It was fun. I kind of burnt through a couple of uh, CMS systems. I, I was pretty sure I didn't want WordPress. I'm not going to get into a whole just knocking on WordPress or anything like that. We make good money off WordPress. <laughs> but I didn't want anything that big. I wasn't looking for anything heavy. I, the blog is not going to be a focal point for us at all I just want something really simple kind of what i did with the php ugly site where we could edit some uh, markdown files and just publish that and be done right you know, that was it with the php ugly site i do that through katana which is that blade enabled flat file generated script 
that I think the guys over at Titan created. It does okay. It works pretty well. Uh, the only thing I didn't care for, or the only thing I don't care for, well, there's a few things, but the big thing is you actually have to build it. You have to do a PHP Katana build and have it generate the files. So I'm like, uh, let me see if I can find something better. And I, I'm always kind of gravitating towards Laravel. Of course, we could have built our own. We're actually building another CMS system for our user group. And we're, I'm working with one of our members who's doing a fantastic job. Arnold, dude, if you're listening, you're doing a great job. And if you're not um, listening, man, why aren't you listening, jerk? <laughs> exactly. Arnold's just stepped it up. I, he reached out to me and just said, hey, you know, I'd be interested in learning some Laravel. Uh, you guys said you wanted some help with the website. What are you looking for? I'm like, really, man, anything you want to do, I'm I'm fine starting all over again. W- what are we using now? October, right? Which is yeah. another Laravel CMS solution. And that's just clunky. I'm not I'm not happy with it at all. So I just told him, like, if you want to learn Laravel hardcore, have at it. I'll, I'll help you. I've helped him a lot understanding Git workflows and, you know, best practices and things like that. And he seems really appreciative, very eager to learn. Guy's doing a fantastic job. Nice. But I didn't want to do that for the company blog either. I remembered a few weeks ago, we talked about uh, how Pyro CMS moved over to Laravel. Oh, yeah. I'm like, all right. Yeah. I'm like, all right, let me try Pyro CMS. So I go down that path, and right off the bat, I ended up not using Pyro CMS. I won't leave this as a cliffhanger. Got burned. No, I didn't Uh, get burned. By Pyro. Uh, (laughs) uh. I see what you did there. Thank you. It, It was getting to be... A little more than I was looking to do. But right off the bat, I noticed something weird about Pyro. It's like I went to do the install, and right away I go to the, the file system, and I'm like seeing the Laravel 5.3 file system. I'm like, wait, that's, what the hell? That's quick. Yeah, I'm like, did I... And for a moment there, I thought, did I just install Pyro over an existing site? Damn it! How did I do that? And I... Uh, <laughs> I go back to pyro's blog and yeah i fired up pyro 3.1 which the big upgrade was the move to laravel 5.3 i mean those guys are on point yeah that is impressive yeah they released it like uh, september 1st i think and it's just like wow those guys are they're, they're just on point they're doing a fantastic job so that was fun. So I, I really kind of wanted to play with it a little bit, and I did. And eventually I'm like, yeah, this this isn't going to work. I ended up going with another flat file CMS system. has nothing to do with Laravel. It's Ooh. called Grav. <laughs> it's still PHP. It's called Grav. And uh, it's cool. It's I don't know if we're going to stick with it. It's just kind of what I implemented. It worked. It sort of did most of the things I wanted it to do. And uh, if you go to blog.diegodev.com, I mean, it's live. It's it's out there. I, I migrated over a couple of my older blog posts from my personal blog. I don't have any anything new, any real new content up there yet. But uh, that should be coming here soon. But the thing I liked about it over Cantana was, although you're still generating flat files, there's actually a web interface you can do it if you prefer. But there's no build. So you... You know, it's it's running PHP scripts every time you hit the site to on the fly generate it. So it's probably not as quick as it could be, but 
I'm happy with it. It's very pretty. Is that a template? Uh, no, no, that's just what. Uh, yeah, I mean, it has a templating system. That's the ba I think that's the basic template. That's just the one that c came with the system. I I did some tweaking. You know, put some of our branding on it, but it's yeah, it's that's the basic template. I so, like it. Yeah, it's cool. So that that was that was my little pet project over over the last weekend. What have you been up to? Are you are you making making plans? Oh, I'm I'm planning to move. I know. I think we talked about this last week, didn't we? We didn't get too deep into it, but but yeah, we did we did discuss that I am planning to move to uh, Colorado and Rocky Mountain Range. Yeah, we're looking at Colorado mm -hmm. Springs. Ah. which it'll it'll be quite a transition for me. What's taking you there? Now you're you're pretty much maybe not born and raised, but you've been here in San Diego a very long time. Yeah, born in Oxnard and raised in San Diego. And yeah, I've I've really I've been in Encinitas for just under thirty years. Oh, really? You stayed in like pretty much the same town here yeah. in San Diego yeah. for thirty years. I've spent some time in Carlsbad and some time in Mira Mesa, but I always end up back in the Encinitas area. And, yeah, you know, it's, where, it's a nice area. It's where my family is. It's just too expensive, you know. It's yeah, it's San Diego, one it's of Southern California. One of those things that having a family forces you to do is to create these long-term plans. And I started looking at my five-year plan and just sort of saying, "Well, nothing's achievable. <laughs> it's <laughs> everything's too expensive. The kids are not going to get jobs next year, you know." The, the kids still have a good 10 years on them until they're independent in any way. So to move forward in any way whatsoever, I just have to move. And what's what's really strange is the way like the, the stars align there. As far as our local San Diego PHP user group goes and you moving. Because you were running our North County group. Which for those who that don't understand, San Diego County runs from... The border of Mexico all the way up, I mean, how many miles is it north to Carlsbad or Oceanside? I, I don't know. I don't leave in status. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, San Diego County is a very large yeah, it's, it's geographic lo location. Yeah, And so it's pretty common. The thing we saw when we were first starting up the user group is you kind of gravitate typically to the coast or downtown for, for these sort of events. Right. And we had been running the user group there for a while, but we kept getting all these requests from people up what we call North County, which is the northern end of San Diego County, just south of Orange County. And we were getting a lot of people from North County asking us, hey, we'd really like to see some of these talks. Any chance you guys can hold a meetup up here? So we had made, some, made the decision years ago, well, we'd go ahead and just run two groups. And John and I had did that for years. Then Thomas and I started the Laravel group, and it just became too much for me personally. I'm like, I can't manage all three of these groups. So Thomas kind of stepped up and said, yeah, no problem. I'll do this. And then it and all I, fell to and, shit. And I ran it straight into the ground. <laughs> <laughs> so not only is Thomas moving, but our longtime sponsor up in North County, who's been our only sponsor up in North County, business.com, they ended up getting bought. Yeah, so they're moving to an all-remote workforce, and I guess it's happening quickly because this is the last month that they're going to have that office. So everyone's mm. basically packing up their stuff and heading home and working from home now on. And uh, 
you know, that's good news for them. Working from home is great. I love it. You know, I, I for example, I couldn't move to Colorado if I didn't work from home. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm keeping my job. You know, I just start an hour mm-hmm. later and end an hour later. But, uh, right. you know, we're, we're super thankful for business.com and Robert Swisher for, for everything they've given us. And, uh, yeah, I'm going to miss all you guys there. That, that was, a a major, uh, pivotal, pivotal role in my life was going to that every month and meeting everybody and doing work with you guys. I'm glad, I'm glad I have an impact. I mean, I enjoy it. It's just, uh. Yeah, so it it was just like this weird thing where we we lost our host, we lost our sponsor, we lost our organizer, all within a span of a week and a half, I think. Yeah, and you're gonna um, have to take over the uh, the Laravel user group without me. How are you gonna handle that? Oh, I, I already got my I've already got my next man lined up. Oh, He's already really? queued up. Hell yeah! Is it is it Evan? <laughs> no, no, that, Evan didn't. That didn't bastard! Uh, I knew it. I knew offer. he'd do it. He's been ready to stab me in the back since I met him. Who? Evan. No, I'm saying he didn't do it. No, it was it was the man you least suspect, Marcus. Marcus came stepped up. Oh, I absolutely yeah. I can understand that. Sure. Oh, I'm compl- I mean, it was a no-brainer for me. I'm like, yeah, really? Yeah, absolutely. If you're interested, that guy's. I mean, that guy's just got all-star material written all over him. I mean, he's going to he's going to step into this community leadership role and i just can see him just taking it to all sorts of new levels yeah i think he's got that that ambition that i had when i started with you guys four years ago where you know you see and then we drained it out of you yep you guys you guys didn't (laughs) it's just it turns out that finding speakers isn't easy it's a pain right it's It's hard it's really it's surprisingly difficult to bribe people to just give a talk people just don't understand i mean the the ones that just show up to the meetups and i get it i mean you don't want to worry about it it's not your problem i I understand that but just you don't really there's a a lot of work that goes into making sure you have a location you have food you have drink you have a speaker you know everybody's happy i think that's one of the things that irritates me the most about us being an organizer is the people who rsvp and then last minute bail on you because it's like you're going to your sponsor and saying yeah no we're gonna have 20 25 people there and then you get like <laughs> three yeah up. three people are there who don't work for the company yeah it's uh it, it, it hurts well I and mean, you, you know we've got like... we've got spam rsvps too we've got people who join meetup for the purpose of spamming stuff and they rsvp yeah. and we've never met these people they just rsvp and we have to you know assume that they're not gonna show yeah yeah, so I, I tell you, I mean, any community organizer out there, I don't care what language you, you're sponsoring or what platform you're sponsoring in general, man, my hat's off to you guys. I, I understand. Yeah. It's You're doing heavy lifting. When you get when you get to Friday and you get off work and you realize that Tuesday is the date that you have to have things ready to go by and you have been intentionally not thinking about it. <laughs> you got to follow up with the presenters, you got to... That's the most stressful point. Those those moments where you get to the meetup and your presenter's not there yet. It's like, okay, dude, please show up, man. I, I don't have anything to talk about if you're not here. Those are always the most stressful moments. That's why I like to get there late on purpose. <laughs> Is that I don't have to because if I get there late and they're and they're already not there, then I know something's gone wrong. I don't <laughs> I don't have that suspenseful period where maybe something's awful. So if we haven't discouraged you yet, 
and you live in San Diego, and you're interested in finding a sponsor and running a North County user group for PHP, reach out to us, and we'll make it happen. Yep. I haven't given up. I still think uh, I still think we might be able to pull it off, but uh, Carlsbad's a time. big tech sector. I don't think it'll be hard. You know, my only issue is that there is another meetup group, which is a full stack focused group, and they're big. So I don't but know. They don't talk PHP. Maybe that's what we do. Maybe we bust in and start laying PHP down for them and say, yeah, yeah, true. Join join forces in some way. Yeah. So you got any more uh, any more news? Well, he's not here. Our buddy John is not here. But uh, John got another article published in PHP Arc, which uh, the September issue of PHP Architect. And uh, if you're not aware of what PHP Arc is and you think you're a PHP programmer, you really need to think about your career decisions. (laughs) Because PHP Arc is kind of the de facto you know, trade rag of our business. Now, this is a magazine, so it's like a That's like correct. a printed version of a web page. Yeah, well, it's <laughs> either a physical magazine or digital. You can get it either way. Yeah, I didn't get my uh, free copy from, from John. I don't know what's going on. I think John only gets one copy. I, I bought a digital copy because I wanted to read it. I, I'm pretty sure he wrote it in Crown. Kind of uh, not impressed. <laughs> not impressed with his... Penmanship. No, <laughs> no, it was a great article. He he based uh, a lot of it on a talk that he gave with maintaining legacy code. So I, I encourage you. The the one thing about PHP Arc is you do have to pay. It it's a publication that you have to purchase. And I think the digital version is fairly cheap. I think like a single issue is like six bucks or something like that. So you can definitely drop six bucks. I, I don't. Don't know what the printed issues are. I don't even think you can buy like a single printed issue. I think you have to buy like a, a year subscription at like, I, like, I want to say it's like nine 50 bucks, bucks or, or something. something. Nine bucks an issue or something like that for the print. Yeah, it's pricey. Yeah, you, um, you know, I, I knew when when he announced that he had gotten a, uh, an article published, I said to myself, oh, I bet it's on maintaining legacy applications. <laughs> just, <laughs> Why would you have thought it, that? It just seems that poor John... <laughs> Only gets stuck working on legacy <laughs> applications. It's really it's he's gotten the the raw end of the deal. <laughs> well, I mean, hey, he's good at it, you know. It's like he he's a professional, so that's what he gets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So he uh, he wrote an article. Uh, what what is it called even? What's uh, John's article? Yeah. Called? What's John's article called? Uh, it was called something like. Um... What was it called? Legacy code need needs love too, or yep. something like that. Legacy code needs love too. Uh, right off the top of my head, I, I remember that. So, so it's a cool little, cool little article. It's not the first time he's been published. I, I wish I could string together enough thoughts to write an article. I can barely string together enough words to complete a sentence half the time. Yeah, we don't uh, we don't have that same. Uh dead air that we used to have on the podcast though where you're just sort of staring blankly at the screen though <laughs> if you go back on the early episodes i think there were some moments where the three of us just sat there saying uh so yep. uh yep ne- next <laughs> <laughs> so what's funny is we just we just did that little joke but we have a, a group editing our podcast now 
they won't listen to it. They'll just hear the, uh, yep, uh, yep. And they'll just edit that whole thing out. They won't even realize it was part of the, part of the skit. You cut my best bit. That wasn't your best bit. Don't worry. Let me see. Dead Air was your best bit. Yep, that's about right, actually. <laughs> I get the title of the show. It makes sense. I like it. Uh, let's see. What else happened? Lumen 5.3 came out. Don't know if we care about this. Uh, for those listening and might not understand what Lumen is, Lumen is kind of a minimal version of Laravel framework. So it's built with a lot of the Laravel core stuff, but without all the extra amenities. It's kind of meant to be close to metal, really one API endpoint sort of uh, solution. Yeah. Uh, I've used it before in the past. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's just the kernel and the routing, and I think that's about it. I mean, it's fast as hell. I tell you, if if what you're writing is just pure API endpoints, Lumen is quick and uh, pretty small footprint, pretty easy to get up and running. Uh, you can kick out some some API endpoints fairly effortlessly using Lumen. I just I always find myself every time I start a project, I, I think I'll start it with Lumen, and I'll be about 30 minutes into coding it and thinking, oh, you know what? Actually, I'm going to move this over to Laravel because I'm going to want this, that, and the other thing. Yeah. <laughs> and I I always end up deploying it on Laravel. But that's not like the wrong way to do it. You know, start with the fast solution and then move to the slower solution as it's necessary. And it's not like Laravel is all that slow either. Yeah. I mean, it's what I wish would happen. So just to give you a heads up, so Lumen is typically released about a month or two after a Laravel release happens to catch it up to its core components. Right. And I think it's been about a month. I think that's about what it what it was with the Laravel 5.3 release to Lumen 5.3. I looked at the Lumen 5.3 implementation and I didn't see any like uh, striking changes. Even the routing, which I thought for sure would have been in there, uh, the new routing uh, workflow that wasn't even in there it still has the really? old single routes file under http under the http folder that, yeah i was surprised that to is see very that. surprising so i'm not sure what uh i it might have just been you know to get it up to 5.3 but i didn't see a whole lot of change there but what i'd like to see have you ever heard of aws's the lambda service is it the lambda service i think that's the service that allows you to write if if you know Node, you can write these little Node API endpoints in it. Hmm. I haven't used this. Yeah. So it's a combination of Amazon Web Services that, that you can kind of stack on each other. And you can basically create these API endpoints without ever spinning up a server. So you use this uh, API, I, I forget what they call it, like gateway or router or something. And you use Lambdas. And Lambdas can be written in... Uh, Node.js, I, I think just JavaScript. I, I don't think it's necessarily Node, but they can be written in JavaScript or Python. Hmm. And I always wished, and I, I'm still kind of wishing, that they would offer Lumen as a solution for Lambdas because from for PHP, because I really think it's like it's a perfect fit to be able to deploy Lumen apps on Lambda without ever having a server or anything like that. That would be super cool. Yeah. But I don't know if that would ever happen. So uh, I've got some information here about uh, Fig. Oh, really, dude? Currently on sale for only $20 for a three-pound bag. 
dried Turkish figs on Amazon.com. <laughs> Damn. I, I was I was about to say I feel like I'm dominating this show. I kill, I'm I, not giving you an opportunity to talk. I killed your, I killed your steam why. roll. <laughs> I remember right. why I don't give you an opportunity to talk. We uh, you know, we said earlier we did uh, the Lara chat live, which is interesting. But you know, when we do that, we mute each other. Everyone mutes themselves when they're not talking, and uh, the yeah, the jokes you know, I took just personal don't offense. Let... I took a personal offense from you. When I was talking, you told me to mute. I'm like, wait, I'm the one talking, Thomas. Why are you telling me to mute? Oh, I get it. <laughs> Don't forget when you shut up to hit mute. But the the jokes don't land uh, quite as well on that podcast because you can't hear the other people laughing. So I'll say something that that could either be funny or grossly offensive. And I and I just sort of go, uh, uh, and I you, hear you nothing. Look at the it's little, dead silence. You look at the icons and see whose heads bobbing up and down. Yeah, or right. who's who's got their their face in their palm. <laughs> I do love embarrassing everyone on that on that show. You do a pretty good job at it. So, uh, Git two point one has been released. Have you? Heard I've it? been anticipating this release for minutes. Do we care? Mm-mm. Did you even read the article? Yeah, it's colorful. Git is one of those tools where it's like perfect. It's like don't fuck with this. Don't. It's perfect. It does what it needs to do. Don't mess with it. But yeah, it, it got a new release. It does not a whole lot of bells and whistles, like you said. Yeah, it's just, just the colors release. and the in the command and then fixes and you know the strike through attributes, italics. Which, and, yeah, it's. I mean, when when would you use that? I I don't even know, but. Okay, it's there. Fantastic. Just don't break it because my life depends on Git right now, and you guys break that. Yeah, don't, I don't know how to. Don't note it all up. <laughs> <laughs> Man, that would be horrifying. Yeah, I mean, I guess you know, in, in the way that you love Vim and just spending forever in Vim, configuring it to be your perfect little workspace. You can do that with Git too. I mean, you can you can configure all sorts of color options for different things and all sorts of you know output types and you know it, it does a ton of stuff if you want to sit there and play with it forever. Which this update does a lot of changes on. You know, it adds a lot of support for more of those little tweaking, playing with things things but yeah it's a big headline with with no real content behind it you know basically just it just affirms that yeah we didn't break git here's your new version (laughs) like i said i don't even know how to upgrade git on on my mac machine i forget how i even installed it i installed it through brew or if it was just there i don't remember i have i'll have to look and again i have no desire to upgrade it so We'll see. Yeah, I just do whatever my VM has. Brother, I left this last card on here for you. For me. And my finger is on the edit button on this one. I I just want to give you a heads up. I'm I'm about to censorship you. This card is about YouTube censorship. I guess this is the Tom's soapbox time. (laughs) Yeah, this is Tom, I'm crazy moving into the woods time. Yeah, sure. Right. So I'll tell you, I'll tell you, right now there's a big kerfuffle about 
YouTube censoring people, which, A, they're not. YouTube is not censoring anybody. Videos are not getting removed. They're just being demonetized. And yes, I, say, I heard there was an issue with uh, monetizing videos, yeah. which is not something we worry about. No, yeah. but it is the livelihood of a lot of people. I mean, you know, we're moving away from the television age into the the micro TV show, the micro TV age, which is being facilitated by YouTube. But people are, are treating YouTube as if it's a utility, right? Where they have the right to use this utility by their own God-given nationality. <laughs> I've, I'm an American, damn it. I can YouTube if I want to. And, <laughs> and how dare Google try to take my money and my voice away? And I don't disagree with them, but if we've got the, the possibility that a website does become a utility, then we need to address that. You know, we have the right to the internet. Is, is the right to a YouTube channel the same? Do we force YouTube to host content and monetize it? You can't do that, so. Yeah, I still don't have my head around the issue with people saying that their video is demonetized, though. Because the, some of the rants I heard about this, it seemed like they thought that this was, like, uh, YouTube would, would benefit from it. And, and I didn't follow right, that. Right, which like, they hey, don't. How would, yeah. You know, I mean, censorship looks like if you criticize YouTube, they remove your video. And I'll well, tell you and what, that's the other thing. every video it's... criticizing YouTube right now is monetized and making money for YouTube and the writers. And, and the, the thing is, is I, I don't know, I, I've kind of always been on this fence on whether a company can actually censor somebody. Because, yeah, sure, they can take down videos that they don't like or, or speech that they don't care for or songs that they think is copy that they think are copyrighted or whatever. And yes, that's censorship, but that's not, I live in a free country, you can't censor me censorship. That is a company making a decision, hey, we don't want this stuff on our brand. Yeah. And I'm kind of okay with that. Well, and now, do you know what actually happened was YouTube changed its policy on notifying content creators of this demonetization? So this is something they've been doing for a long time. Mm -hmm. And people started to get emails that said, your content has been demonetized for the following terms of service violation. Actually, not even that specific. Just your, your content has been demonetized. If you want to have this reviewed for correctness, click here. And so people right. started throwing a fit because now they realize they're being demonetized. Oh, so are you, are you thinking, are you claiming that it, it had always been going on, they just weren't being... It had. Noted, it, was, it, was all, it was always going on. Their terms of service did not change. Their, their reasons for demonetizing people did not change. It's just that they started notifying people that it was happening when it happened, instead of some people just realizing it when they looked through their old videos. That, oh, that is interesting. Yeah, their interface doesn't make it clear which content is still generating income. It just, the income sort of falls off after a while because the video gets old. So, yeah, it's, it's a lot of people making a huge fit. But, you know, the question is, do we have a utility right to YouTube? Right. And that's the thing. It's like when you base your business on another business, you know, the smaller fish is going to be the one that 
ends up with the short end there. And it's always been the case. That's all, that was always my argument with these companies that buy into the Microsoft, um, Microsoft ecosystem so hardcore. I always thought SharePoint was one of those scenarios where I'm like, okay, you're buying into SharePoint, but now you need you know the Microsoft SQL Server, you need the Exchange Server, you need uh, Microsoft Office. You've just completely bet everything on Microsoft's ecosystem, and now you're like, you're dependent on them. And, and I worked for some very, very large companies. I felt like, well, they'll do what we tell them to do. Right. And I'm like, no, they won't. <laughs> you know, they'll they'll come out with the next version of SharePoint, completely change everything, make it incompatible with certain pieces of the stuff we build, and you can say what you want. It will have absolutely no impact on that. And they did that. I mean, they're, they, you know, they, it was such... It, but that's that's the risk you take, and we all do it to a degree. We're all dependent on other businesses to a degree. Right. But when you're so absolutely bought into it where you're basically sitting there looking at YouTube, somebody like YouTube saying, okay, give me whatever you think I deserve. I mean, you really don't have a leg to stand on. And that's the thing, too, is that so many of these of these content providers run interstitial ads of their own. They get contracts from people like audible.com and domain.com and stuff like that. And they run their own ad, which YouTube has no control over. YouTube cannot stop you from running your own ad. So if you've got a complaint, get an advertising department and do the job that they were doing for you. You know, right, pick, exactly. up, pick up your own ass and get to work. But hey, maybe there's a business model in there. I have another little piece of news for you. I, right. I don't know if you heard this or if you care. Are you familiar with Apogee? Apogee? Duke Nukem Apogee? Yeah. Duke Nukem Apogee. I don't know what Duke Nukem Apogee is, but Apogee was this big API-based ba- service uh, out there. Well, they were really big, and the thing I, I kept associating them to was uh, like mobile development. They're one of the companies I remember first doing this really big push of creating these uh, microservices that mobile apps could tie into. Well, short short story, might be too late already. Google <laughs> bought them. Yeah, really? Yeah, so it's kind of a big deal. I, I think it's kind of a big deal. I mean, there wasn't a whole lot of news on it. And I actually just tried to go to Apogee's website, and it seems, I don't know, down? I get a blank page. Hmm. I don't know what, no redirect, no, hey, Google just bought us, nothing. I bet you if I do a search on it, though, it would talk about it. But and there we go, Google to acquire Apogee. So it's uh, it's kind of cool. I you know, it, it amazes me to see the companies like Google, like Microsoft, still out there, still buying these these other places up. They just they consume and consume. I thought Google wasn't buying things anymore. I thought no, or, Alphabet the, now. Alphabet. Yeah. Is that the company that acquires, or is that the company that builds stuff now? I forget which one. That's the company that acquires. Google is the search engine and advertisement business, and Alphabet is the parent company that owns everything and everyone, and they're the ones that they get to use the Google title on things whenever they want to. Okay. Because that's what everybody associates with, right? Right, right. So, like, the Google's cell phone service is... An alphabet product. Got it. It's called uh, Google Fi, but it it's an alphabet-owned enterprise. So yeah, I thought that was interesting. 
All right. Well, hey, how you want to, you want to talk about Mr. Robot? Oh, no, I don't, because I'll give away spoilers, and people get mad at me when I do that. Did you watch this week's mail. episode? You think I did? No, I know you did. I watched it. Did you? You know watch? what? I'm actually getting I'm getting pissed off because uh, I think at the end it said only two more shows left. I'm like, really? This whole season you've been dre- you've been stringing me along. Can we kind of get somewhere here? You didn't watch the ending several times for this week. I, I no. In the the diner. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I didn't watch. This. I've only seen it the once. Oh, I've only seen it the once. I watched the ending like three times when I when I first saw it, and then I hopped on the forums and got a uh, frame by frame slow motion of that scene so I could see what was happening. All right, we're gonna have to take this offline. We're not we're not tainting her. Our podcast with it. Further. We're not we're not further tainting our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, I need to watch it. I have it on Google Play. I bought the season. Specifically for this. Okay. Well I wanna thank everybody who's been listening to us, who's been following us on Twitter. We've been getting some feedback from people and it's been great. It's always good to hear people do listen from time to time and, and have some discussion points they like to bring up. So that's that's great. Uh, but yeah, thanks for listening. Uh, this has been another PHP Ugly. I'm Eric Van Johnson. And I'm Tom Rideout. Uh, use a password manager. <laughs> <laughs> You're awful. Thanks for listening to this episode of PHP Ugly. And a special thanks to our sponsor, the Diego Dev Group. If you are looking for developers who care about the code they create, the communities they build, and the solutions they implement, then you want to reach out to the Diego Dev Group. You can find the Diego Dev Group at www.diegodev.com. Links and show notes from this episode of PHP Ugly can be found at www.phpugly.com. You can follow our hosts on Twitter. You can also follow PHP Ugly on Twitter at PHP Ugly. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Play Podcast, or SoundCloud. If you like what you hear, then please leave us a rating on iTunes. Until next week, keep it ugly.